want to start out by saying that while I think attachment theory is an interesting lens, it is just one lens. And so, you know, in the world of coaching and pop psychology, um, and also in psychology, right, there's fads. Everybody's a narcissist. Then everybody has <laughs> complex PTSD. Now we're all in, you know, you know, anxiously attached or whatever. So it's a thing. And unfortunately, one of the things that happens, and I've seen many of these come and go over the years, when people who are not really that well trained grab a hold of something that's easy to understand, like attachment theory, because it doesn't fucking take anything to understand that, right? So she's nodding over there, right? Um, the nuance gets lost, totally lost, right? And it becomes this one size fits all, right? Like, like it's like this pinhole into an incredibly complex set of circumstances that is human relationship, and that's particularly intimate relationship. And so while I think it's nice when people are securely attached, I don't think that that's the marker for how they choose relationship, because there's many other things that play into that. So I'll give you some of the things that play when you, when you really start diving into the, the, let's say, the healthier dynamics of coupledom, right? There is, of course, unbelievably dysfunctional stuff that comes with, you know, drug abuse and sexual abuse and, and violence in the home and whatever, you know. So, so I'm not talking that. I'm talking about at least outwardly functional people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who are trying to work shit out in their relationships. That's my, that's my marker. And um, that marker, of course, spans a wide variety of factors. And so one, of course, is attachment, right? Yes, it's nice if you uh, didn't have to worry about, you know, the basics when you were a baby. Yeah, I mean, we can all agree on that. And, and that's that's that stands there that's a little bit like you do a myers-briggs test or something right it's one thing but it only explains like one slice another thing that's i think a lot more important when we look at the actual dynamics but there's two things we could say all which are also now getting somewhat fatty um is one of the things that you can really look uh and in at when you look at actual couples dynamics is um early childhood individuation imprints, which are of course not as easy to, you know, like, yes, you are, you know, X, Y, Z. So you have to be a lot more skilled to drill into an early childhood individuation imprint. I'll explain what that means in a second. And then there's of course, what now is often called internal family systems, which in the olden days was just called subpersonalities, you know, when things weren't have, didn't have to be, you know, where you have different parts of your being um, that are grown up to different extents. Right? Uh, inner child work fits into that system as well in a certain way. So those are some really important um, aspects because one of the things that really throws the whole attachment style situation is that that assumes that um, all parts of that person are, are of the same, let's say, maturity level or value, right? 
just because your parents, um, you know, you and your parents attach nicely, doesn't mean that other parts within your psyche are okay, right? You could be nicely attached to your parents, but had horrendous bullying at school, right? Or uh, a, a very uh, unpleasant relationship with a sibling. You know, we've heard some of that here, uh, where the attachment was nice, but then, you know, the sibling did something horrible or stuff like that. So within the context of subpersonalities, what we're looking at is, are the aspects of you that are not mature interacting with the aspects of your partner that are not mature? And what's that dance like? And then are the aspects that are mature interacting with the aspects that are mature in your partner? And what does that dance like? Uh, you know, look like. And so interestingly enough, when you start drilling into that, you will see, and this is very important when you do actual psychotherapy and not just project, you know, I'm not saying you do this. I'm just saying in general, a lot of people project their journey onto their clients, which uh, is, you know, is very <laughs> bad. You know, just because you are whatever, a recovering um I don't know, uh, um, uh, like your parents were in a cult or something, right? Doesn't mean that everybody else's uh, attention towards their religion is cult-like, right? This is a big mistake that a lot of people make, that they, they, th they, they thread everything through the lens of their experience. So even if you, if you don't do that, you have to kind of look at the adult the adult parts interacting as that's the functional aspect and people can be really functional and, and make really good choices and then you see in the therapy sessions and you typically only see this after a while that they have like a pocket of something that's like where you go like right? and <laughs> And that's the best I describe it, because when you hit that pocket the first time, you're like, what the fuck was that? You know, and, and typically when, that, when you hit that pocket, it hits both people. So, you know, but when you talk with them in therapy, they're very adult and they're like, well, you know, when she does X, I do Y and we talk it out. And while I don't like that, I can understand why, um, you know, this isn't the case. And, and you're like, oh, good. And then, you know, you then suddenly out of left field comes this thing that comes from some old abandonment wounds that um, fully activates the other person's people-pleasing aspect and suddenly they behave like maniacs. Yeah. Uh, and when you're not there while they behave like maniacs, it, you, you don't know that, right? They come back and, and they go like, well, we had an argument. And then, you know, you have to kind of ask and ask till you finally come to that place where you've seen that these two not adult parts um, have clashed. And so... Um, that's a very useful distinction to have when we look at why do people choose the relationships they choose. Right. The, the imprints never change. If they would, you, would com you wouldn't be able to navigate your life that is based on early childhood imprints. 
It's a little bit like imagine, well, we, we know that to be true because we know that when you have a brain injury, imagine that um, you could forget the habit of driving a car. Right? Let's say I could erase, I could heal you from your habit of driving a car. Well, what would happen to all the little tributaries in your brain that are connected to driving a car? They're not it's not cauterized. Right? Unless it's cauterized, meaning you have a you have a brain injury. Um, traumatic or you know, sort of bleeding or whatever. It's completely integrated into your life. So the very thing that makes you people please your partner is also the thing that makes you good at some sports. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you can't cut this shit out. You have to illuminate it and grow it up. So then, of course, comes the very unpleasant work that most people don't want to do, which is to say, do I really need to grow these pieces, these parts up, or are they grown up and I'm not compatible with my partner? Wow. That's, yes, right? That's a work no one wants to do, and no therapist, I mean, not, not, not no therapist, many therapists don't want to do the work of saying, well, maybe these people are not actually suited. It's always, I, I am here because I'm so great at my therapy. I can make that square hole round or that square peg round, right? Like that it's uh, the round hole square or the square peg round, right? Um, that, that's, a, that's a prevailing wind, let's say, in the healing affliction that people have um, sometimes, right? That they need to fix things instead of going, well, the way to fix it is actually have these people understand that there's no earthly way that they're ever going to get along, <laughs> right? Um, for, for many reasons. So there's that part. You have to see, is it a part you can grow up? Um, and then, you, then that's a very creative and very beautiful work um, that, that allows for things like self-parenting, for instance, right? Or... Um, generating much more positive self-talk or self-love or, um, you know, learning how to communicate with a partner in a way that you're not triggering that person's stuff and all of that, right? So there is really good healing work you can do with the understanding that the underlying, that step's always going to be there or you can build a ramp over it, you can walk a different way, you can turn the lights on, but, you know, th that's, that's one aspect. I'll give you an example that I've mentioned before because it's such an important example, like meaning such a visible example. I used to have a client who came to me because he couldn't date. Like he, he was gorgeous and handsome and rich uh, and famous. Couldn't trust a woman. Couldn't, right? So had two options. He either would pick, you know, young dumb bimbos essentially who he knew he couldn't trust so he treated her in a certain way but if he actually came across a woman of substance even the slightest bit of substance he'd like constantly test her in these really weird ways that made no healthy woman stick around and attracted a whole bunch of crazy psychos right doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out right but but that's and so he didn't know why 
and he was very securely attached. He had very lovely parents, which was, you know, you kind of establish certain thing. And, and I actually knew his mother, so I know he wasn't lying either. Um, so so um, I met his mother later, in, in, in the, in the, not knew her up front, I should say. Um, so, um, you know, we're working on this thing and whatever. So eventually it comes down to he's about two and a half years old. Uh, this is not the only incident, but that's the inc- probably, but it's the incident he could pinpoint. So it's, he's two and a half years old. Um, he's in a backyard playing. Uh, he has no memory where his father is, but his mother is in the front yard washing the car. You know, classic American Midwest kind of. It's Saturday. She's washing the car. She's got the the the, the cut-off jeans and the T-shirt on. It's the seventies. She's listening to music just to paint the full picture, and uh, she's like washing the car. And there's music going, and it's amazing. And she, he's in the backyard, and he um, falls. And he falls and he skins his knees very badly because if you remember back then they had these um, these pavers that had the pebbles on it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, very it's late 70s or whatever. He skins his knees, he's laying there and he's screaming for his mother. And his mother isn't coming. And his mother isn't coming. And he remembers the blood running in between the pebbles while he's screaming. Like he had like this total, you know, like slow-mo, super intense vision, which is how you know it had an impact, right? It's one of the reasons you know it has an impact. And she's not coming, and she's not coming, and that was it. Right, women can't be trusted, right? It's a logical explanation, right? So we eventually brought in the mother, which is how I met the mother. And so he's rolling out this thing, and she goes, yeah. That was a horrible day. I, you know, I, I, that the look on your face when I finally found you, you know. And so she explained to him she was in the front yard washing the car, had the radio on, didn't hear him scream. It wasn't like he was neglected. It wasn't like she didn't care. It wasn't like she couldn't be trusted. She, it, it just happened. But in, but she recalled in that session that from that moment on he didn't want to be held. He didn't want to cuddle. He wanted his dad to bring him to bed. And it caused such a wound in him, and it caused such a wound in her. It was this whole teary thing and whatever, right? Once again, that doesn't erase the incident. It just illuminates the incident that he could go, oh, yeah, okay. This, is, this runs through every fabric of my being that I need to do for myself and I can't rely for love and sustenance and intimacy and connection uh, you know, on, on a woman. Right? And then he worked with it and you know, he can articulate it and he can guard against it in relationship and all of that. So he's married and has three children. 